Welcome to the Chaka Life Podcast. Today, my guest is Tracy Flower. She moved to Vail in 2005, and we're going to chat a little bit about what she does in Vail and what kind of mountain town this is. Welcome, Tracy. Thank you. I'm happy, happy to help and, and talk, about, talk about life in Vail. Great. So why don't you tell me a little bit about how you un- ended up in Vail? Yeah, I, um, I actually grew up kind of in a small resort town in Michigan, um, right on Lake Michigan, really small little town. Um, and basically no offense to Michigan, but I never wanted to stay there. (laughs) And (laughs) I always thought I'd move West, um, and kind of always pictured myself in Southern California, um, just with the water and the beach, having grown up on Lake Michigan. But I actually had some friends who came out to Vail, um, in 2004, 2005 to do a ski season, And I had just graduated college and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do and came out here and visited them and kind of just fell in love with the area and with the mountains. And they decided to stay that summer. um, So I just decided to move out here and join them. (laughs) (laughs) Easy as that, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When something grabs your heart, you definitely, you know it, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And tell me a little bit about what kind of town Vale is? I know it has a huge reputation for many things, but how would you describe Vale? Vale is first and foremost, um, you know, the mountains might have brought me here and, you know, the sheer beauty of the area and all of that. But what's kept me here has been um, the community, really. Um, it's you know, a a large resort town, lots of tourism, but, um, at its heart, it's a really strong, there's a really strong community and the people here are all very like-minded and, um, just very warm and kind. And it's just a really strong, strong community, um, which is something that you might not see at first glance, but, um, it's really powerful and really strong here. Yeah, it's funny that you say not at, maybe at first gl- glance because Vail does, I mean, Vail is a pretty shishi town. It's right up there with Aspen. It's got its celebrity and very high-end everything. But typical of a resort town, you have that really super strong community that is everywhere. Right. And Vail is kind of interesting because it is right off a major freeway and in a wide valley. So you have kind of a lot of suburbs maybe that you might not have in, yeah. say, a Box Canyon town like Telluride or Crested Butte even. Right. Tell me a little bit about um, where most people live and, and whether there's a lot of commuting and that kind of thing. Yeah, so Vail, um, we call it the Vail Valley. Um, it's disputed whether it's really the Eagle River Valley or Vail Valley, but um, Really, it starts from the you know very bottom of Vale Pass in East Vale and and runs to um, Eagle, which is you know a good fifty minute drive from East Vale. But you know people that live in Eagle consider themselves you know Vale locals. Um, so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the long term locals now. I myself actually do live in East Vale, but a lot of the long term locals live in Edwards. Um, or Avon, or Eagle, so Down Valley, we call it, um, and then com- do commute to Vail for work. Um, so that's kind of when I say, you know, it's a really strong community. It's kind of the community that stretches more 
west of Vail um, that really makes up your year-round community and schools and families and that sort of thing, more so than the actual town of Vail does. But yeah, I, yeah, I'd say the majority of people live, you know, it's just a little bit more affordable down, down Valley. Um, if you're going to ever look to buy a house, any friends I have who have purchased homes are all kind of down in Eagle and Edwards. And yeah, you're, you're just, you're definitely going to pay more in living and housing expenses, the farther, the closer you are to Vail or being in Vail proper. Is there a bus system that runs between those kind of far-flung towns in Vail then? Yeah, the public transportation system here is fantastic. Um, Within Vail, um, the entire bus system, the town of Vail bus system is entirely free. And then there's an Eagle County bus system that um, will take you as far as Eagle for, it's, I believe it's $4 one way. Um, so really affordable and they run, run really regularly. Um, and I have friends that, you know, will use that. Um, and also being right on the I-7, you know, I-70 corridor there, um, the, the commute to and from, say, Eagle and Vail is really pretty straightforward, which is also an advantage. You know, you're not um, climbing over any passes. You're not going over any major, you know, curves or taking one highway to another. It's it's all pretty straightforward. Um, and it also it's also nice, you know, versus somewhere like Telluride where you're kind of really remote. You know, we can be to Denver in an hour and a half. Um, well, on, a, was, on a good day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Maybe not today. I, saw, right. I just got a notification that the pass is closed. But right. um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, I find it an advantage to be on I-70. I've heard people, you know, people will complain and, and, you know, say that they can hear the noise, et cetera. But um, I, I find it an advantage just because we get to live in a resort town, but it, we're also really, it makes everywhere else in Colorado really accessible. It makes like Moab and Utah really accessible. Um, so I think it's fantastic. Is there employee housing as well? Yeah, you know, Vail Resorts is probably one of one of the largest, at least seasonal, employers in town. Um, and they do have some employee housing. Also, I think the town of Vail has some employee housing um, for their seasonal workers. And I, I've actually heard, you know, here and there over the years, there's even... Like there was a T-shirt company. I was talking to someone there one time and they have an employee housing situation. So I think I think a lot of the seasonal employers have at least a small amount of employee housing. Um, obviously, Vail Resorts is the biggest and and not actually the nicest, but it's still affordable and, and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> works out. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that with... Uh housing being a premium right in town, they want to have that available. So it's good that they're doing that for the, for the workers. It's really, it really is good. And, um, they, you know, they work really hard to make sure to make the move easy for their, um, employees. So that's great. So tell me about, I guess, the main reason you move there, which is probably the mountain to begin with. What, uh, what's, what's the mountain like? You know, and I'll, I'll tell you, I moved here in summer. So I oh. I moved here more for, um, <laughs> it was May of 2005 and I ended up moving here never having skied before. Really? Um, I really fell in love with summer before I fell in love with winter, which uh, the saying is usually people come for the winters and stay for the summers. Right. Um, I, I came for the summers and stay for the summers. <laughs> But, um, you know, the mountain's fantastic. It's where I learned to snowboard and and the mountain that I I snowboard on the most. And if you've never skied Vail or never been to Vail, I mean, it's bigger 
it's bigger than anything you'll ever experience. And there literally is something for everyone, um, for all levels, for all, um, you know, all athletes. And for the most part, our snow is just phenomenal. You know, it's, it's been snowing every few weeks here this winter. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great. Um, well, it's, it's legendary for its back bowls, I guess. Uh, that's something that you don't find at a lot of the resorts in Colorado, <laughs> these gigantic back bowls that are pretty forgiving, would you say? Yeah, exactly. Like the back bowls are, um, you know, it's what everyone wants to talk about when they're here and what everyone wants to get back there and ski and just for good reason. I mean, it's all this, you know, vast amounts of terrain, um, that, um, you know, on most days are really wide open to you, which is just fantastic. And, you know, it means that on a busy, a busy day, you're going to have, um, because there is so much training because the back are there, you're going to have a lot more space for everyone to go, um, versus that, a you know, a smaller resort where the lines are going to be, you know, everyone's on the same runs on the same lifts. Right. That's the thing. I mean, Vail does get crowded, let's be honest, but yeah. if you're a good enough <laughs> skier, you can get away from the crowds because it is gigantic and right. you know you can go back there and kind of lose yourself yeah exactly. except for that last run at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true <laughs> um so what would you say if uh if someone were going to work there and you're you're a longtime local you're actually you have what they, I guess, you know, you would call a professional job there, but right. what about if someone moved there right off the bat, what are the best places to work to sort of get yourself established and maybe make the most money or have a great ski pass? I would really recommend looking for jobs starting immediately, um, with Vail resorts, just especially if it's winter. Um, because for the most part, they're always hiring for something. Um, and you're going to get a ski pass so, you know, in terms of making the most money, maybe not so much, but, um, you know, the benefits, the benefit automatically of having your ski pass is fantastic. Um, I actually still even do, I, I worked on the mountain for years and still do some shifts there, um, up there on weekends for my ski pass. Um, and you know, I, I would say, be prepared to work really hard in terms of when you're working, it's going to be busy and, and a lot of work. And also it's most people, especially in your first years here, end up with two jobs, um, which is really the way to make any, if, if you want more income than just enough, you know, a little more than just enough to live on, which is, <laughs> you know, then most people end up with, with more than one job. Um, you know, the restaurants are always hiring. Those are always good opportunities to make some money. If you can, you know, if you have any, um, waiting skills, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, come out with the attitude of, of, of willing to wanting to play, but knowing that if you're going to play hard, you have to work hard as well. Vail Resorts is probably the biggest employer and that gets you your yeah. on mountain job. And what about, what are some of the top places if you were going to waitress or cocktail or something that are the hottest place that a local would want to work? Yeah. You know, a lot of the restaurants, even in the village, there's a, there's quite a few that are Vail Resorts owned, um, which could work out well, you know, um, because then you get tips and a ski pass. Right. Exactly. So there's, and I'm trying to think of which ones, the Tavern on the Square is the one I'm thinking of in Lion's Head that's Vail Resorts owned. Um, there's a couple others like that. Um, and then 
in terms of, um, you know, making them the most thinking in terms of the Vail village, um, let's see, the red line is always packed. Um, Vendetta's is always packed. Los Amigos is always packed. The George is always packed. You know, some of those that are, they're not really high end, um, high, you know, they're not expensive. They're not high end fine dining establishments, but they're always packed. So you got to think you're going to make, um, you know, you're going to make an all right, um, tip out at the end of the night, just based on the sheer volume of people that go to those places. Right. Right. Um, and you know, a lot of places, I'm not sure which ones, um, but it would always be worth inquiring. I think, um, when applying for a job, if they do any, um, ski pass reimbursement, if they have a merchant pass program, um, because I think more often than not, a lot of those places that hire seasonal help will have a, a system set up for a ski pass because everyone, they understand that that's what brought their employees here. So I think it's probably worthwhile always to ask if they have a program. So any tips on looking for housing or work if you're a, a new person in town? Yeah, you know, for for work, I'd say the three, you know, sites I would check out is Ski Job 1 is what Vail Resorts, where Vail Resorts list all their postings. Um, SkiJob1.com. And then the Vail Daily, which is our local newspaper, um, the classifieds there. Most businesses will list their job openings there. And then also Craigslist. A lot of people list on Craigslist. And I'd say also the Vail Daily and Craigslist for housing. And I'd also say, you know, if you find a job, if you're applying for a job, ask ask the prospective employer about housing because um, that's another thing. You know, housing and ski passes are things that they know that their employees need and if you know they're they have something set up they can let you know or maybe they have an employee who's looking for a roommate something like that but yeah i would really the veil daily and and craigslist are good places to start because a lot of people do post on those and is there anything because veil is maybe a little bit tougher to find a place to live are a lot of the jobs they want to know if you have a a house or a place to rent first do you have to worry about that kind of thing like you know to make sure that you're there for a while or and not i you know not really i don't think i think that it's more finding the employees and then um you know giving them recommendations on places to live or let setting them up with employee housing you know i think more if you were looking for something more professional um they might be more curious as to your long-term plans for, you know, life in the Valley. But I think most seasonal employers are, are really just looking for good employees and and are so, you know, they've been doing this for years and years and years. So they they know the challenges of living here and the challenges of making a move here. So they're really willing to help out um, in making sure that that's a smooth transition and that you can have all the things you need in order to enjoy you know, enjoy your job and enjoy your time here. So you actually work in a professional job as an executive director of the Vail Symposium. What did it take to get a job like that? Um, it, it took a lot of hard work. Um, I, I actually was in the restaurant industry. Um, I bartended on the mountain for years and years and years and, um, did worked a billion other places. Um, my first years here, I worked, you know, at every T-shirt shop, coffee shop, anywhere I could, and oftentimes two jobs at a time. And finally got to a point where I decided 
I knew that I wanted to stay here, but I also knew I wanted a career and um, wanted to really make it the fullest life I could. Um, so I actually just started by um, interning for the Vail Symposium. Um, they needed they needed someone to come in, and and it's a really we've always been a really small staff, and they needed someone to come in and help with some of their communications projects. So I came in and just started anything that was a writing project. I took over for them and spent you know donated one or two days of my time a week in the office. And, um, and from there, you know, anytime there was a, a position that when, what was that? Finally, a, um, actually a part-time position opened up, um, and about a year and a half after I'd been working for free. So I applied for that, um, and then took that and, and worked, I think like three jobs during that time, wow. um, before, and it was only in the last year that I started full time and only since the first of January that I um, became executive director. So really, it was it's been four years of um, just working really hard and being prepared to do anything and everything and, and making really good connections um, within the nonprofit community. Um, so it wasn't easy. Um, it, and, and there were times where I, I was looking for jobs outside of avail um on the chance that something wouldn't come along here um so a lot of hard work (laughs) yeah i would say your your story would probably be pretty typical for a town like that where those jobs are hard to come by and they also want to know that you're going to stay because those are the coveted jobs you can actually have a professional job and make something decent and stay there you just really have to i think if if a career is your goal and a career here is your goal. It's, um, you just really have to persevere and be ready to, um, to say yes to everything and work really hard for really nothing, um, in order to get there and really be, um, get an understanding of who the contacts in the field are and, and make yourself known to them and get to know, you know, there's a lot of, uh, figure out what the net networking opportunities are and don't be afraid to take them, um, in order to show, you know, show the prospective employers that this is something that you want and that you're committed to it. Yeah, tell me what you think is, is makes Vail unique. Well, I'd say, you know, thinking in terms of winter and actually right now we have um, this week is the Burton U.S. Open for snowboarding. Um, we, it's an event that Vail just took on last year. Um, it was originally in Vermont or New Hampshire, I believe. It was an East Coast event, and we just took it over, which is a really fun event. They do free live concerts, and, um, you know, it's all the world's best snowboarders in town. Um, so that's a pretty exciting thing. And then throughout the winter, there's actually, there's a couple, there's a, a winter kickoff um, back in December. They do a um, snow days festival and there's all kinds of free concerts and events associated with that. Um, and then again, in the spring, at the end of the season, they do a, a spring back to Vail festival with more free concerts and that sort of thing. And those things are, you know, they honestly gear them toward the guests and tourism and that sort of thing. But they're really fun for locals too. I mean, I've lived here almost, you know, almost a decade and I don't, I don't ever lament those. I don't get sick of them. I'm excited when they come, you know, it's not like, Oh gosh, this is going to bring all these people into town. It's something that myself and my friends all get excited about and look forward to participating. And, um, and they're really accessible to locals, which I think is an important, important aspect. And then the summers are, you know, the summers are full of cultural events. Um, we have the Bravo Vale Valley Music Festival, the International Dance Festival, 
Um, there's a jazz festival. And these are world-class. World-class. And, you know, right, I mean, right. yeah, like the Dallas Symphony Orchestra does a residency. It, they're outstanding. And that's one of the things, you know, that is we're so fortunate living here um, because we can live in a resort town in this small little town in the Colorado Rockies and still have access to all these world-class cultural events. You know, we have the Villar Center that brings in um, amazing concerts throughout the year in the winter. And, and you know, part of it is I think we're really fortunate to be in a place that um, that people want to come to. So it's it's not a hard sell, you know, to get the Dallas Symphony Orchestra to come to Vail for a few weeks because it's spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I say those things really elevate the quality of life. And what about, you probably also have some world-class nonprofits, I would think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, all of those institutes, anything like that. Yeah. And all of those that I just listed are, um, are nonprofits and I will (laughs) not to push my own, but the Vail Symposium, we actually, um, we bring in, we, we do a speaker series in the winter and a speaker series in the summer and bring in speakers from all over the, the country who speak on everything from, uh, like adventures that they've been on to, um, hot topics. Like we have a, a debate on, on the using GMOs coming up. Um, and we do this once a week and, and it's really an exciting intellectual opportunity. You know, we have some partnerships with like the University of Denver. So it's exciting to be able to bring their staff um, up here and their staff and their contacts for lectures up here and that sort of thing. Um, and it, again, it's just exciting because we have some place that people want to come to. And there's actually more than 40 nonprofits in this valley, which is, I think, amazing and remarkable. Um, and, you know, the serving everything from like arts and culture like we do to basic human needs. Um, so it's really great. Is there one quirky, really locals festival? I've heard of a few so far <laughs> in other places. Is there anything that is even in the off season or that's particularly geared really towards locals? Um, you know, a couple of years, or maybe it was only in its second year, but there's this Winter Wondergrass Festival. Um, I haven't actually gotten to it yet, but Crazy Mountain Brewery is our um, one of our local breweries here, and they're really, really super involved in the community, really active in giving back and organizing events. And they got together with I'm not sure even who else, but they they bring it's like a it's a winter event, and it was just a couple weeks ago, and it's like a a local beer and like bluegrass festival. Um, and I would really I I really think that's a, a really local festival. It's down in it's either it was in Avon this year, Edwards the year before, so kind of a down valley thing, not a Vail Central event or anything like that. Um, and it just feels really you know it's by our local local brewery you know it's for local local supporters of that so it's not all flash (laughs) exactly i mean it's yeah it's it's like beer and and bluegrass and in in a park you know so and i think um you know down valley down toward eagle and gypsum they do um they do little events there throughout the year just for families and that sort of thing and i can't think of any in particular they did start a a yoga festival um last fall down in Eagle. That was pretty, um, pretty cool and unique. And I think they're planning to grow on that from last year. 
So that's exciting too. And then sort of the other end of the spectrum would be private clubs. Does Vail have a lot of private clubs? Yeah. And Vail itself has a, a few, you know, there's the Vail Mountain Club and the Passport Club, a lot of like ski kind of clubs, you know, where you can store your skis and go in and get spoiled and have access to um, to food and, and drinks and, and warm slippers and whatever else. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I don't know a ton about them. Um, I, I've had friends who worked in them. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I'm, uh, I'm thinking that, yeah, it's not... Uh, it could be a local, but it's it's a, probably a pretty well-heeled local that has to pay quite a bit of money to join. Exactly. Mostly, you know, locals by way of second homeowners. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Well, speaking of that, the other thing I really wondered about Vail is um, a couple other high-end ski towns have a lot of empty houses that are right in the village because there are a lot of gigantic homes and people are only there maybe a week or two a year. Yeah. Is that an issue in Vail? Um, yeah, there are definitely, I mean, I'd say, I'd say the majority of homes, honestly, in Vail proper would be second, um, second homes. Yeah. And, you know, there are those that you drive or ski past and only notice the lights they're not on in them once a year. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really, anyone who I know who owns property or owns a home and lives here year round mostly live outside of Vail. Um, it's really, I think it's really rare to find someone who owns a home in Vail and is here all year. So what about some things that you would say are sort of insider facts? But I think one of the best things being here, um, is the access to the rest of Colorado. You know, we'll spend the spring in... We'll spend the spring in, in Fruta and Moab. Right, doing the mountain biking because you could right. do it's right down the road. Right, exactly. Practically. And, um, you know, I especially people who, you know, every now and then you'll meet um, kids who have come here for their first winter and are thinking that they're going to stay the summer. And that's the thing I always tell them is that you've got to go. You've got to go to Moab. You've got to go to Fruta. You've got to go. Cause right, the mud season. Don't just leave, but go right. to Utah. <laughs> They're right there, and it's it's so warm, and it's so beautiful. Um, you know, I discovered last summer, and I don't know if this is something people knew for a while, but Eagle actually has some really great mountain biking um, mountain biking trails. That doesn't and, go straight up a mountain? <laughs> exactly, yeah. And, you know, that's really huge, especially if you're like me and just uh, really a beginner mountain biker. Um, yeah, because everywhere in Vail, you are straight up and straight down. Right. Um, and Eagle has really, really started putting an effort into, um, building and improving their mountain biking trails, which is pretty, um, pretty unique and pretty fun. I'll tell you, I don't know if it's a secret, but my very favorite hike in Vail is the, um, Gore Lake trail out of East Vail. Um, and it's just spectacular. Would you have to be a serious adventurer to get up there or I'd say you'd have to have, you'd have to have some stamina. The <laughs> thing about it is it's a really long hike. It's something like eight or 10 miles round trip, I think. But the first, like the first three quarters of it are so gradual and flat. I mean, the last mile or so is, um, 
is steeper and, and takes some effort. But the, the first portion of it, it, more than the first portion, is really, really gradual and, and really um, f- fairly easy. Um, so I'd say you'd have to be prepared in terms of giving yourself enough time and ready for a really long day of hiking. But it's um, it's just stunning and it takes you kind of up in the Gore Range and um, you end at this spectacular Alpine Lake. Um, and it's just really, it's really fantastic. For those people that maybe don't ski, would you say Vail has a bunch of stuff, even if you're almost not an outdoors person to do? I know, I, I remember in Aspen, people would move there and they didn't even ski because you could do so many other things there. Mm-hmm. Would you say Vail is similar to that? Um, I'd say Vail is similar to that in that, you know, if you don't ski, but you still want to get outdoors, there are so many opportunities for that. You know, I, I don't even, I honestly don't even ski that much, but I love snowshoeing and you can go snowshoeing, you know, anywhere. A lot of the, the trails are open in the, um, in the winter as well as the summer. And a lot of them are really, you know, beginner intermediate and, and you can rent snowshoes somewhere really cheap and just, um, you know, get a map or recommendations from the the folks working in the store and and go, um, and you know, there's like shopping and 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 that sort of thing. Um, I'm not sure. I would say, you know, if if you if you don't if you're not looking to get outside and be active, I think probably Aspen does have more. <laughs> Vale is, you know, I would say, if you're in Vale, you've got to do something and get outside. So Tracy, tell me a little bit about what it's like to live in a resort town as a single woman. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you know, it's um it's not easy. They and and any girlfriends I have who live outside of the mountains will say, "Oh, but aren't those towns full of men?" And um Yeah, the ratio's my- really good if you look at it, you know. Yeah, purely from a numbers um, a numbers point of view. I've actually even read in like national magazines where they say, "Oh, Vail, Colorado, there's so many men." Um, and and uh, the saying is, you know, the the odds are good, but the goods are odd. Um, it's <laughs> it's it's challenging to find um, it's challenging to find men who want to stay and who want to be adults. Um, you know, you find a lot of what I call to be on is Peter Pan syndrome, um, which is, you know, guys and just people in general who, who really don't want to grow up. And, um, I think out of the fear that committing to a relationship and to a family eventually will mean that they have to sacrifice their single life and, and skiing every day and that sort of thing. And I can understand a little bit of that. Um, I've, been single for a while so sometimes it scares me to let go of my independence a little but yeah but that said I have um several of my girlfriends are married and in really wonderful relationships with really great men um and and friends of ours have um you know some of them have had children and and are proved to me that it really is possible um it's kind of wouldn't you say that maybe if you came there uh, right after college and you were just there for a year. I mean, you can find a million great guys to have a relationship yeah. with, but it's the long-term staying power. If you're going to make it um, a life choice right. and stay there forever, a little bit tougher, maybe. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's, um, yeah, you can find a lot of great, you know, short-term connections, I think. Um, but maybe it's the long-term that are more difficult. It's, 
tough because you kind of get to a point where, where am I going to meet someone? Um, once you get to a certain age, you're not wanting to go to the bars all the time, um, that sort of thing. And the, you know, the, the online dating thing, which I know in cities is a lot, what a lot of, you know, 30 something singles have started doing. Um, it's really tricky up here because it is such a small community. There's really, you know, I've looked at, looked at the sites before and it's a lot of people in Denver or, uh, you know, other, other outlying cities and that sort of thing, rather than someone who's actually in the mountains. Um, so yeah, I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to do some more research on what the, <laughs> the secret is there. But, you know, I will say that if there's a place to be single, there's nowhere better than here because there, um, you can have a really fulfilling life and never think twice about a relationship or marriage or a family. Um, not that I wouldn't want all those things, but I don't have any concerns that my life will be just as fulfilling with the the people in my life and the things in my life living here. So I guess my question to you finally is, can you imagine living somewhere else now? I mean, it seems like you are, you've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, I really can't. About a year ago, I really thought seriously about moving to Denver, mostly for a career move, but, um, you know, just really mostly for mostly for a career and uh, to try to make, you know, like a real, <laughs> a real life happen. But it, it really hit me though, how much, how important it is to be somewhere that I love and how important it is to be somewhere where I have a community. Um, and I have those things here and then to be somewhere that's so remarkable on top of that, uh, you know, every day, you know, people say, oh, you look out at those mountains and probably take them for granted, but they're so beautiful. And I really, truly don't. Um, I look at the mountains every day and feel grateful to live here and feel really lucky. You know, even even having a job that has me in an office all day, I still drive home and think, oh, this is fantastic. And that's the thing is the, you know, people who really end up making a life here and making a home here, it's, it's a place where you can really find work-life balance and your employer understands that and your family understands that and your friends understand that, you know, you don't, we're not living to work, we're, we're working to live. Um, and I, I just can't imagine living somewhere with a different attitude. Um, so it's, it's kind of just everything for me. So no, I don't think, <laughs> I don't see myself leaving anytime soon. <laughs> ever. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Tracy. I appreciate yeah. you talking to us today. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. This was really great. And yeah, if anyone ever had any questions about living in Vail or moving to Vail, they can come, come find me. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you. For questions or comments about living in Vail, go to chocolife.com. 